just met someone and the conversation leads to the inevitable question. So, what do you do? A simple question calls for a simple answer. But what if your answer is never simple? What if your answer defies the societal norms? What does career happiness mean to you? This show dives into convention-breaking career choices, uncovering narratives of working professionals, and creating a space for those who wish to pursue their passions. This is So What Do You Do? Welcome back to So What Do You Do? Today we have Samantha Hess calling in from Portland, Oregon. So Samantha, what do you do? I'm a professional cuddler. That's amazing. So Samantha, <laughs> tell us just a little more about yourself. Uh, let's see. So I am 34. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I've been a professional cuddler for a little over five years now. And uh, let's see, what do I do? I work a lot. Uh, I'm in the middle of redesigning my uh, online certification program. I'm in the middle of writing my second book. I just hired two new staff members, so we'll be up to seven people here in our retail space. And then I suppose when I do have downtime, I tend to read and do a lot of like self-care type stuff. So like I meditate a lot and I'll go for walks and like I'm not super nerdy in the intellectual sense, but like I love to play Pokemons on my phone. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> you got to do things that, like, turn off the brain but that are healthy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So what are three adjectives that you might use to describe yourself? So I am uh, bubbly, enthusiastic, and direct. <laughs> oh, those are really good adjectives. Love that, yeah. We love that. <laughs> so before you founded your company, Cuddle Up To Me, and then you became mm-hmm. a professional cuddler, you were actually a mm-hmm. personal trainer. I was. Yeah, was there a point where you knew that this was not what you wanted to be doing? Oh, man, yeah. So what happened was when I was 18, I started taking birth control, and the doctor was like, oh, man, this is, you know, you're going to have to actually watch what you eat. And I'm like, ha-ha, yeah, that's totally a thing, whatever. <laughs> and then I gained 30 pounds in a month, and it kept going up, and I was just like, I was one of these super skinny kids. I could eat, you know, 12 meals a day and never gain weight and then all of a sudden everything shifted and then I spent two years like super obese and really uncomfortable with my body uh and I finally got a gym membership uh I started at 38 percent body fat you guys oh so uncomfortable in my own skin and it took me two years I lost more than uh 20 percent body fat in that time and I, I like became half more than half the size that I was before Um, and felt so good about that journey and about being able to overcome those challenges for myself. And I decided I wanted to do that for other people. So I went and got my associate's degree in fitness technology. (laughs) Uh, I did that at our community college here in Portland, which actually has a great program. I was really excited about it and became a personal trainer. I taught youth group exercise. Then I realized that it takes about Uh, half a decade to really like build a sustainable client list as a personal trainer and those first five years are like 98% heartbreak of people trying and failing at fitness because people don't have any clue how much goes into it Uh, and so it was was something that I just like I didn't have the heart in me to just like watch people fail over and over it was too much Mm. and yeah so it was something I I only did for like two years and then I was like, you know what? I'm glad I got that education and this doesn't work for me. (laughs) 
when you did become a professional cuddler, I'm curious to know mm-hmm. what your friends and family thought, what their reactions were to that, um, and if they were just supportive of you. So I am very lucky that I come from a creative household. So my mom and my stepdad are both artists. And so they were like, my mom was bragging about how I like basically invented a new field to make a career out of. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't make that claim myself, but she, you know, it's adorable like that. Um, so my parents have been very supportive of it. Uh, this totally makes my stepdad uncomfortable, but he's very supportive. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my friends, you know, when I posted this on Facebook of like, you guys, this isn't just my dream job. I'm like actually going to do this. They're all like, you're crazy. You're going to get raped and murdered and terrible things are going to happen. Uh, and then I like had to post like my waiver and my plan and all these things to help people understand like that this is actually well thought out and I had reasons yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now everybody is super supportive and like sees that, you know, I'm in this for the right reasons. Yeah. And I guess yeah. also when you tell people that you meet, this is what you do as a career, what are their common reactions? You're a what? that's that's the typical reaction sometimes now people will say oh I've heard of that and I'll say yeah you've probably heard of me (laughs) and they'll be like oh yeah maybe you're right and you know then I can spout off all these different places that they might have seen me and they're like oh yeah I did see that and it's like starts this great conversation where they immediately tell me about their significant others so that they so that I don't try to sell them on things I'm like that's not what I'm gonna do man (laughs) do people ask you to hug them you know, people often will take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that everyone wants a hug, so that there's they're in no danger of being hugged by me unless they actually consent to it. So right, <laughs> consent-based yeah. things, very important. Yes. Uh, but it is very funny to watch most initial reactions of people being like really put off by it at first, and then they have to like warm up to the idea. <laughs> so just a little bit more about maybe some stigmas that surround this type of profession. I think some people may think that cuddling isn't a profession or that hiring someone to cuddle with you may not create an intimate or successful effect. And what would you say to respond to critics like this? Sure. Uh, I mean, people often will, you know, say that I'm like a pseudo prostitute or something like that, or that this is actually sex work or there is some secret menu. Sorry, guys. I hate to burst your bubble. It's not a thing. This is actual legitimate work where I hold space for people. I'm here for people in their most challenging moments in their lives. You know, people who go through death of a loved one, the loss in a breakup, people who have disabilities and disfigurements and people who've had all sorts of trauma. There's a lot of reasons why someone might want to seek out a safe space that doesn't involve their friends or family. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I will also say that if somebody comes up to you on the street and they're like, here, do you want this cookie? I, I made it at home and I'm not going to charge you anything for it. Does that sound like something you want? You're going to question everything about that cookie. Why are you trying to give me this? Where did it come from? What did you put in it? But if somebody is in a like uh, food truck or something and they're selling cookies for a dollar, you instantly trust that, don't you? You're just like, they're they're doing this appropriately because they're charging me and I know what I'm getting out of it because I know what their motivation is. Right, there's some Well, guess what? Yeah, that's the same with hugs. And for me, I'm such a proactive caregiver that until all of the people in my life have their, like, emotional and physical needs met, like, I can't consider my own. So professional cuddling, charging for this, like, is like like a loophole. It's a shortcut to being able to receive myself without having to emotionally support and care about somebody else. I can just think about what I want and need because I'm paying for that. It's a service that now is offered to me without me having to give first. 
Yes. That's amazing. I mean, think about trying to say to a friend, hey, will you cuddle with me? I've had a bad day. Like, some people can do that and they can get away with it. But not everyone is going to be comfortable just saying that, exactly. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to have a place where you can go and, like, you don't have to tell your friends about it. You can, like, just kind of be secretive about it. It's confidential, you know, not, nothing that you share here is ever even written down. Everything people tell me is completely in my own head. Um, which is kind of a cool thing where you can just come in and say literally anything. Are there any ways that you maybe actively try to counter this narrative or correct the misconceptions in the field? Every single day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of impossible to not try and work on that. And so I am a big believer that actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And I can, you know, shout from the rooftops and nobody's ever going to hear me. So the way that I try and help correct these things is through my actions. So I'll do social media posts. I have a blog where I share all my, like, super personal ways that I'm messed up and <laughs> show people that you can still be loved in the middle of all your challenges. And so, yeah, my, my goal is to kind of, like, do this grassroots movement where I get to make a difference one person at a time. When I can look one person in the eye and make them feel loved and appreciated, that is going to have a ripple effect, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a great message that you're sending out. And we love how much exposure you're getting nowadays. Because like the other day when Joanna and I were checking out what professional cuddling was all about, we actually stumbled mm-hmm. across your audition on national television. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. you, you were on America's Got Talent. You even got to cuddle yeah. with Nick Cannon. <laughs> what was that experience And Neil Patrick like? Harris, actually. Oh my gosh. What, oh, what was that, that was experience That was great. Like? I scared him. Yeah, it was it was a lovely experience. For me, this was um one of the bigger media things that we've had. Uh we were also on the, like the front page of the Wall Street Journal, which is just like a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, who who aspires to do that? Uh so America's Got Talent. Uh, essentially what happened was I got this voicemail at the end of a really long day where this lady was like, hey, I'm from America's Got Talent, and we think you're really interesting, and we'd love you to be on the show. And I'm like, oh, you're so funny. Nice prank call. (laughs) (laughs) And she ended up catching me the next day uh, on the phone, and I'm I'm still like, yeah, uh uh-huh, this is totally a thing. Sure, send me your paperwork. Definitely I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it seems so sketchy at first. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm just like, what? They don't do that. You have to sign up, you know? Like, you go to them. They don't come to you, usually. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, that's only partially true. So the next day, I got a 26-page contract, and I was like, oh, it's like an actual thing. And so I got my lawyer to look it over and, like, actually, like, filled it out. And, like, they flew me out to New Jersey and, like, auditioned me. And they, they told me that there was no chance I'd make it to the second round. And, like, you know, clearly I'm, I'm not actually going to win because uh, this isn't actually, like, that kind of talent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is talent. It's something that nobody else has done before, I feel. Yeah. Not in the way that I'm doing it. That is very true. <laughs> and so, yeah, they they just were enamored by it. And it was, it was really funny to watch the reactions you know you could not have planned having all of the judges pile on top of each other like that that was just like organic natural thing that happened it was amazing yeah that was Um, incredible yeah and so they did actually put me through to the second round um because the judges don't actually know who like has applied on their own or who they like contacted to make the show more interesting and so they they actually put me through and they flew me out to New York a second time and I got to sit in this like warehouse in this New Jersey movie studio for like five days wow. <laughs> with all the other contestants and 
It was really cool. At that point, my story had probably already been been seen by about 50 million people around the world from all these other sources. Um, but it was it was really cool to be able to like show people a little example of like what we do and why the poses are important. Actually, to talk about the poses. So, if you were to cuddle someone, what exactly does that process look like? And are there different types of cuddling positions, or just how does that work? Sure. So what happens with us is that people will go onto our website, they'll book uh, typically what we call a first session, which is a consultation and a 30-minute session. Um, And then we will sit and chat with them. We'll go over pages of paperwork to make sure they understand what the rules are and what's appropriate and, like, how to gain consent and what boundaries are. And we talk about all these different things to make sure that we figure out what's best for them. Not every cuddle session actually includes cuddling. Uh, And so some people aren't comfortable with touch right away, so we might sit like on opposite sides of a bed and just like chat, you know, maybe like our feet will be close together. That's about it. And then other people will want to be like super squishy instantly. Like we have (laughs) currently 79 different cuddle poses that we use and teach in our service. And so we have something for everyone. Um, A typical session would be uh, a pose every 10 minutes or so. And we chit chat most of the time and people can come in and like, it's, um, it's not really like therapy because we never like give advice. We just listen. Uh, but I think a lot of people need someone who's not going to like tell them how to fix their problems. I, I feel like we always do better when we have the t- the time and ability to like talk it out and work it through our own selves, you know, without somebody else telling us how we should run our lives. I think the art of <laughs> listening is so important, especially nowadays. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So few people like have that skill anymore to do the like compassionate listening where all you do is listen without being like, well, I think you should do this and I think you should do this and this was not the right path and, you know, you you messed this up somehow. And I was like, this does not make me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, and you've had so many clients. Was there any that Mm -hmm. stood out to you or any crazy experience that you had? (laughs) So one of my favorite ones, uh, it's clear, like, confidentiality is is a big challenge, so I can really only talk about the ones that have, like, been filmed, because that's, they're consenting to people knowing that they've cuddled with me, was uh, Jane Wells from uh, CNBC. So she interviewed me three times over the radio the first three years I was in business, and every time she was trying to twist and, like, find some way to manipulate me into saying, like, that I was actually a prostitute or something, and, like, clearly there was nothing there for her to, like, find. But it took until she actually came to visit us in person. So she came and shot this little podcast thing here. And within 20 minutes of her being in the stage, she's like, oh, I get it. And I'm like, yeah. And that was really funny. Like, like they, uh, the people shooting the video had her do this pose called gummy worm, which is like the squishiest cuddle pose of all time. <laughs> and she just melted. And it was like so adorable to watch her reaction shift once she actually met me and like understood that this isn't actually some ruse. This isn't me covering up anything there is nothing else to this it is just us holding space for people right if anything it also shows the message to not judge anyone's experience or anyone's actions before actually knowing them right yeah and this this is a service that you're you're not going to be able to fully understand it until you try it Mm -hmm. you're not going to know what that's like to have someone hold space for you in exchange for money until you actually do it and the thing about that is that people cannot pay for affection um which Mm -hmm. is a big misconception of professional cuddling you're not just going to get somebody who's going to be like they'll do whatever you want because uh you've paid them that's not at all how it works we're very consent based we're very boundary oriented 
so people can pay for my time, but not my affection. Everything that I give physically is, is done by choice always, meaning I'm not going to just be there and be uncomfortable and pretend like everything's great when it's not, you know? yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a cool thing where you get to like have that negotiation and figure out what works and like make sure both people are actually comfortable, which is way more comfortable for both people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you do these cuddling positions, maybe can you dive into the scientific or psychological effects of cuddling? Yes. So there are three basic things that happen in the body physiologically when positive touch happens. So within 20 seconds of positive touch, uh, your body will start to release oxytocin, serotonin, and it will start to decrease its production of uh, cortisol. So what that means, oxytocin is the bonding hormone or known as like the love hormone. This is something that will decrease our stress, our anxiety, our heart rate, our blood pressure. It will increase uh, normal social behavior for people with autism. It will decrease withdrawal symptoms from people who go who go through um, addiction challenges, a million different things. Serotonin is it's a neurotransmitter that essentially regulates and balances almost every system in our uh, in our body. So it'll regulate your sleep, your immune function, your glucose response, your memory, uh, your cognitive functioning, so many different things. And then cortisol is the fat hormone, the one that we all hate so much that causes our bodies to store more fat, which is essentially like the genetic way of like preserving us in times of like the fight or flight kind of mode. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wants us to be able to have that reserve. And when we're in that high stress environment all the time, which is, you know, it's 2018, we don't get out of that. That's yeah. not a thing. Our body is constantly like overproducing this cortisol because we have that kind of fight or flight in our everyday life. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's moments for most of us for every day, we're very stressed out. And so this will decrease our body's production of that, and uh, that will also keep you from storing excess body fat when you have this in place, the positive touch. Wow, I did not know all that. That's awesome. I guess other yeah. than the scientific benefits that you just listed, why do you think cuddling is so crucial to humans, and why do you think there's such a market for these kind of services? So I think that we as humans are genetically coded to be pack animals, we do much better in groups. We can create more, bigger, and better things. We thrive when we're around a community. And because it's 2018, we have all isolated ourselves. And our social climate is as such where we value independence more than community. And I think that it's one of these things, I think the term is pluralistic ignorance. Mm -hmm. It's the, the basic concept that we all kind of just go along what we believe the social norm is, whether or not any of us actually believe that that's the case. And so I think that all of us are sitting here being like, I want a hug and nobody will say it, you know, and so everybody thinks nobody hugs yeah. <laughs> or nobody will ask for a hug because they think nobody else wants one. And that just makes us all more separate, more individual, more lonely, more isolated. And that causes the production of more cortisol. It decreases our level of serotonin and levels of oxytocin. And then we suffer, not just psychologically, but physically as well. I think that's so great that you're allowing these spaces to kind of break through what the norm is in society, because that definitely resonates with what I've experienced. I think that's yeah. just great. Yeah, especially being vulnerable. I think nowadays people try to be so macho and try to 
be brave and yeah. strong, but yeah. sometimes you just need a hug. You just need yeah. some comfort. True. Well, and in this era of the Me Too movement, you know, I'm I'm in that as well. I think it's it's really important that people take the time to learn what their boundaries even are in the first place. What do I actually want and need? How do I get consent? How do I get other people to understand, like, what's appropriate for me? How do I even ask when I don't know if it's okay for me to even ask someone if they want a hug, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, people are really like shy with their body language and people are not clear and they'll give you all these mixed messages and it's so confusing to try and figure out what's appropriate to even ask for. And so we, we do, um, I'm also working on moving my consent and boundary setting workshop that I teach here in Portland in person to an online option as well. So people can do this from all over the world. So we can begin to understand what our boundaries are, how to gain consent, what things to think about, make it a little easier for us to actually connect. It's incredible that you found a job that you love to do and whilst at it, also providing comfort for others, especially in this hectic world. So what would you define as career happiness? I think I'm kind of um, in the abnormal uh, range here because happiness is something that's not super important to me. My goal in life is not to be as happy as possible. I I have a friend who has a phrase, he says, that contrast, Uh, essentially like the concept life is about a contrast and in order for us to have meaning in life we have to have both happiness and the opposite of happiness for us to be able to appreciate what that happiness feels like um so to define happiness technically i suppose for me it would be like something that like brings joy to me something that makes me want to smile in that like genuine authentic way but i think that's it's kind of overrated i think we also need to have the torturous moments we need to have the very difficult traumas and challenges because that's what humbles us to appreciate the happiness i feel like you really embody this the goal of our podcast the so what do you do kind of concept and i just want to know if you have any advice for someone else who maybe is at a point in their life where they're unhappy with their current job or at a crossroads to find some sort of purpose in their life i will say that being a professional cuddler has so many amazing benefits and um, like positive outcomes, but it's also the most challenging thing I ever have done in my life. I never had <laughs> any clue how hard it is to be a small business owner. So I think that it's really important that people um, take the time to consider how passionate they actually are about what they're going to dive into so you can see how much energy and effort you're willing to put towards it. Because for me, I've had to do way more 90-hour work weeks than I'd like to admit. I've had to give everything to this. I had to sell my house to to keep this going. It's something that I would not be doing if I didn't 100% believe that this is something that matters to me at my very core. And so I also, like this being Portland, I have a lot of friends who are self-employed. Most of them are not trying to make an entire movement out of their careers like I am. And so I will say that when I started as just a simple, like, professional cuddler, like, doing my own thing, not with the the goal of changing the world, I made a lot of money and it was great. And I I didn't work a ton of hours all the time. Then I have friends who like are, they make jewelry and make ceramics and do all these beautiful creative things. And in the world we live in today, there is a lot of room for creativity. And I think that as long as people are willing to put in that initial effort, it's something that can really benefit everyone, you know? Don't be afraid to, to follow that passion. Yeah, that's amazing how much effort and time you've put into this and how much it means to you. And I can really hear your passion. How do you kind of balance the emotional stress of the job? Because it must take a lot out of you to just um, go to these yeah. you know, sessions and be a professional color and be there for people. Right. So in, in this industry, it's about 
85 to 90% clients who are dealing with some kind of trauma or life challenge. And then, you know, 10 to 15% like self-care people who are good and are just using this to like maintain a positive uh, lifestyle for themselves without having to have a romantic partner or, or whatnot. And so it is extremely emotionally draining. I do a minimum of two hours of self-care every single day because I cannot come to work if I'm not full first. So part of our certification training is teaching people how to do proper self-care, learning what those routines are, what your options even are, how to get through if you're an empath. What do you do with everybody else's emotions when they're all negative and hard and challenging? So we can teach people how to like process through all of this on a daily basis to make sure we're never getting overloaded. Awesome. Your company is based in Portland, Oregon, and I was just mm-hmm. wondering if you'll expand nationally in the near future, because I feel like a lot of people here in New York really need this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. So um, four years ago, I started a company called Certified Cuddlers, and this company, we do have um, some people even internationally who have trained with us, and so we are working to expand uh, all over the place, and our new online learning portal allows people to do our entire certification program right from their own home, which is really cool. So we do have options for people to, to join in and become professional cuddlers and get listed with us and follow our own code of ethics so that we're making a standardized legitimacy for the industry. That's great. Spreading the cuddles. Thank you so yes. much, Samantha, for sitting down with us and sharing your journey and your story. Oh, thank you both. That was great. So now it's time for The Debrief, where we discuss our own perspectives on the interview and apply some of our own experiences and background to the conversation. So what did you think of that? (laughs) That was great. I really loved Sam, her energy, and all the information that she gave me. I think a lot of the conceptions of the career before the interview was just the fact that I didn't have any. I didn't know what it was like to be a cuddler professionally, and I think it's such a unique career. And I've I mean, I can honestly say I've never met a professional cuddler before until this moment. Me so neither. <laughs> it was just really cool getting yeah. educated on what cuddling is, what taking space for someone looks like, and how amazing the work that the cuddlers actually do um, is, you know, how much of an impact it can make on the people that they're taking the space for. Also, all of the biological, the psychological, and also the social aspects of cuddling, it's more than just, you know, physically holding somebody. I think it gives so much positive emotion, so much energy overall it's just a fantastic job that I never ever thought of definitely and I think the important concept that Sam brought up was how people can pay for her time but not her affection Mm. which is really important um, in terms of drawing lines and I think maybe if if I did have a misconception it was probably something to that effect because even though I wasn't really sure what it is my conception of cuddling is like two people in love when they're watching a movie they'll cuddle together but this is not what professional cuddling looks like I think that's a really great point. That's exactly what she mentions. She she says, like, people don't really know what cuddling encompasses until she actually talks to these people and gives them a rough overview of what it is. I think it just also goes to a deeper message of not judging anybody before meeting them. And I know it's so cliche and so surface-level advice, but it's something that we take for granted, I think, nowadays, especially in the world of social media. I think so. Mm -hmm. Was there, like, a particular takeaway or piece of advice that stuck out to you during the interview? You know, I was just thinking the motto of our podcast is to hopefully share a message about following your heart and following your dreams. But I think it's also interesting to learn from Sam about the logistical and business aspect of the working world. She was saying being a small business owner, you have to put 100% passion and believe in it fully because it is a lot of work. She said she had to sell her house to make cuddle up to me. I mean, 
that's a really, really big risk and big investment, especially in a market that's untapped and as people would think is maybe out of the ordinary, it really goes to show that she's not just investing her money and time to build this company from the ground up, but she's also giving all of her emotion to care for others and listen to others share their stories. I mean, especially in a time like now, I think it's really needed. I think that's especially true when people are yearning for some sort of comfort. It's so important to have these industries and avenues to which people can find that comfort because that can really increase your mental well-being, emotional Mm. well-being. And I think one of the ideas for me that stuck out, other than the ones you already mentioned, is just the idea of compassionate listening. Mm. That was so important to me because it reminded me of how I think this lacks. For example, you know, we all ask, oh, how are you? And then we always say, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. Some variation of that. But no one actually takes the time to sit down, talk, and listen. And I think that's why the demand for cuddlers can be so huge. Because there are always going to be these places that a big part of emotional and physical refreshment needs to be listening compassionately to others. We all kind of desire this compassionate listening. And the same goes for the physical compassion. I know you briefly mentioned on it. But the example that Sam gives is how everyone wants hugs and no one wants to give hugs because it may seem weird or like you don't just walk up to a friend and be like, hey, hey, friend, can I can I give you a hug Mm -hmm. for like five minutes? You know, can I take space for you? Can you give space to me as well? Mm -hmm. Like that's not something that's uh, a norm in society. So I think um, even though we all need it, we're not getting that comforting feeling. And also when she talked about how uh, she doesn't want her life to necessarily be the happiest life and how happiness is overrated it just goes back to show that she gives so much you talked about the the house that she had to sell to keep it but also later on in the interview when she talked about the emotional stress of it all and how she needs to give herself time for self-care I thought that was such a sacrifice because you know most people don't need to emotionally drain themselves so much in their job Um, But she does it because she's passionate about it and she's passionate about helping people, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just advice that I don't really hear a lot, how happiness is overrated. Yeah. And I think the term she mentioned for that was called pluralistic ignorance. Yeah. Especially nowadays, you see people being so competitive and being so individualistic. They have their own goals and their own objectives in life. She mentioned that humans are packed animals and that we all need comfort in one another. And this socialization aspect is something we always take for granted. I definitely agree. I think we're so individualized. So if I were to analyze my actions, you know, from morning to night, I think a lot of that has to do. And it's based around what I want to do, what I think will bring me happiness, not necessarily how I think I can be there for others. And I think having the mindset that Sam has, that happiness might not even be the most important thing in life, uh, that's countercultural. And it's just Mm. a fresh perspective to me because in a world where so much revolves around individuality, we need to keep in mind that we are meant to be, like you said, pack animals or just in groups, in community, Mm -hmm. in a social environment. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's what makes life more fulfilling. Why would you want to achieve all of your dreams and goals and aspirations when you don't have anyone to share it with? I think that's just counterintuitive. Yeah, definitely. And I think Sam just brings us right back to like this core identity that I think all humans should and can relate to. And I think it's it's so cool and great, the work that she's doing. It was just so fun to have her on the show. I love her. I know it was through a phone interview, but it was so infectious, her energy. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, I mean, she has like, what, 50 million views on that America's Got Talent yes. video? I think she's brought so many people joy. Yeah. There's too many to count, you know? Too many to count. And you know how she signs off on her emails? She says, peace, love, and cuddles. Samantha. I love that. It's so sweet. Yeah, spreading the love. If you want to find out more about Samantha and Cuddle Up To Me, check out cuddleuptome.com. If you want to find out more about this program or listen to previous episodes, check us out on the WNYU SoundCloud or follow us on the podcast Instagram at SWDYDpodcast. Or if you want to follow us, look us up on our Instagrams at Arnell Ariana and at It's Just Joanna. Thank you so much for tuning in to So What Do You Do? I'm Joanna Yamakong. And I'm Arnell Ariana. Join us again next week for another episode.